One of the big things was uh, my son, Dean. When he had first grade, it was the first week yeah. he had a stroke, went to the hospital, fell into a coma, needed three different brain surgeries, almost didn't make it. And during that time, I had to keep working, of course, keep money flowing for the family mm -hmm. so that he didn't get out of the hospital and end up living on the streets. I would go out, I would teach, you know, I'd do my job for the day and I'd come back home and often I'd log on uh, Facebook, just try to keep my mind occupied. And the ads that popped mm -hmm. up, family life mm -hmm. insurance, family uh, oh, health man. insurance, a funerary plot. Mm -hmm. It was an AI delivering them. And that's a huge part of the Bymart AI. Mm -hmm. It has total situational unawareness. In terms of humanity. This is the Crit RPG Podcast. Your one-stop shop for everything Lit RPG, Progression Fantasy, and Royal Road. All right. Hi, and welcome everyone to the Crit RPG Podcast, the only podcast where we talk to people who have made a career out of writing. With me today is Damien Hansen, an author in the far-off lands of Korea. Well, far off for me. I don't know where you're listening from. Hi, Damien. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Nice. Out here, we yeah, call this place the, talk... the land of the morning calm, if that's easier to say. The land of the morning calm. <laughs> that sounds... Yeah, I, I need some of that. That sounds good. Yeah. Please, yes. <laughs> Please. Gentle morning. I just wake up and <laughs> I wake up with a tinnitus. And I'm like, okay. Cool. So for those of you who don't know you, you write, among many others, a series called Bimort. Can you talk to us a little more about like what the series is about and how did it come to be? Uh, yeah, sure. Actually, I, I brought some notes just to make sure that I don't mess things up. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Well, we'll start off with uh, the premise of Bymort. Bymort is the shopocalypse. Mm -hmm. And that if that sounds bizarre, it absolutely is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's quite the concept. Uh, it all started out with pop-up advertising. The, the, the whole concept mm -hmm. of it came out um, as pop-up advertising made, let's say, sentient, prescient also, godlike even. Mm -hmm. Um, it, mm -hmm. it takes over the world. So it's obviously rather powerful, right? I mean, more than the world, it takes over the multiverse. <laughs> so that's, that, okay. That, that's the, the series concept. And one of the funny things about this is that, uh, when I say pop-up advertising immediately, everyone can envision how annoying it is, but mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's more than just spam emails and pop-ups, but what really got this series going is topicality the the mm -hmm. inability of the ai that we have now <laughs> on the internet to understand the voice of the matter at hand it just throws mm -hmm. stuff at you and tries to push it into you we have a word here jidida <laughs> which in korean means yeah. stab the, the advertising is just stabbing into you right <laughs> yeah oh no so, Ugh. yeah, I mean, the just hawking a product is fine. I, we, we've had town criers mm -hmm. for forever. But imagine yeah. having your computer, the, the way your computer works, with a, an image constantly flickering and popping up and trying to sell you mm -hmm. something, usually based on uh, your life, which it somehow knows, mm -hmm. 
And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, <laughs> imagine that being installed in your head. Uh, no, I mean that's called ADHD. <laughs> yeah, that's ADHD, <laughs> right? I mean, Bimart installs itself into the head of any sapient creature. And not only mm-hmm. that, it also has express shipping via various <laughs> portals. So you you get the advertisement, <laughs> you decide you want to buy it, and a portal opens mm-hmm. up, a pod zips it over to you, and it gives you what you want in exchange for their currency, which is a market currency based on uh, the old labor camps when they used to do the in-company mm-hmm. currencies. Mm. Yep, they have their own currency yeah. called Morty's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes, 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 it makes it sound very, like, very nice and fluffy. Yeah, kind cool. of, but it's all, yeah. like, the whole concept. Some people thought it came from, uh, from Rick and Morty. But no, the Mortys mm. come from the name, of course, Bimort, which is Bimort, changes yeah. to Bimort. But then the Mort itself yeah. comes from death, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, mortality, yeah. Mort. So... Got all those themes going on just in case it becomes a classic in 20 years and English teachers need to test their students on that stuff. <laughs> I, of course, which will, which will happen. I mean, I know at least one teacher who will do it, but um, <laughs> the guest I had on uh, at this point, it will be last week. Um, he was a mortgage underwriter and I always found it very, very weird to use like here's a house you own a house now and the money that you pay this house with we call a mortgage which has the word more death yeah death gauge why well it it measures how long till you're dead mortgage mortgage fuck (laughs) (laughs) and no there's there's you missing for that there's a you missing for that the the gauge is just a, a measurement then Right. Yeah. No way. Yeah, it'd be mortgage. Yeah, gauge of death. Like the the closer you are to finishing right. paying off your home, uh, the closer you are to dying, because that's the way it usually works, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're making this. Up. I am. Yes. You're making this <laughs> I'm up. Totally making this up. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but it it, it yeah, seems like it fits, you're, right? You're morting me yeah, here. Yeah. You're morting me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but okay. So how did that come into your brain? Did you just like look at pop-up ads and were like, what if those who ruled the world or what was, what was going on? Well, it all started, honestly, like the, the whole series started with a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there's my, my co-author Phelps, Joseph Phelps, uh, he mm-hmm. has a GTA series, wonderful books. It's really how we met. Like I mm-hmm. was reading his book mm-hmm. and he was reading mine and we started talking together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's GTA themed and we're talking, he was talking about maybe doing a different cover for it. And then another mm-hmm. author that we know who's also an illustrator, he decided to mm-hmm. try to work with that and just see what would come up. And it, it wasn't a, a cover like the, the cover he came up with was just kind of funny looking. It definitely wasn't going to work at all. But I had a guy that seemed to be like randomly punching out car windows. <laughs> so we're just like, we laughed about it a little bit. Like, hey, I wonder what kind of book this would actually be a cover for, right? That oh, sort of thing. Cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and then I, I took it, I made a meme about it to try to help Joseph uh, move some books. And I just uh, the, the meme was, they, it had the cover. 
And the blurb was, uh, Joseph Phelps hates car windows. And he breaks them every time we see it. I'm like, that's really right. <laughs> so he did that and it, it had some success. And then uh, he was laughing about that. And he was like, hey, you know what? We should sit down and actually think about a real story, a real lit RPG story where a character is literally like punching out windows. Like, why is he doing this? Nice. What is the purpose? What is the reason? Right. But uh, as we got into it, it started out kind of comedical, but then we we started getting into also the reality of it, which is why it went from a comedy to a satire and sometimes pretty dark too, because it, it gets mm. into, uh, well, it, it gets into both of our history. We both have things that happen in our lives that, you know, the, the market mm. really didn't help with. Um, I'm bringing my notes here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So the like for me, one of the big things was uh, my son Dean. So when mm-hmm. uh, when he had first grade, he had a stroke. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the first week yeah. he had a stroke, mm-hmm. went to the hospital, fell into a coma, almost didn't make it. Was in the hospital for a long time. Needed three different brain surgeries to in order to get mm-hmm. repaired and back on his feet. And during that time, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and my mom in law. They were staying there at the hospital because I had to keep working, of course, you know, keep money flowing for the family Mm -hmm. so that uh, he didn't Mm -hmm. get out of the hospital and end up, you know, all of us living on the streets. But uh, Mm -hmm. when that was going on, I would go out, I would teach, I do, you know, I would do my Mm -hmm. my job for the day and I'd come back home and often I'd log on to Facebook or go on to Google, just try to keep my mind occupied. And the ads that popped Mm -hmm. up where they were horrific. I mean, family life mm. insurance, family uh, oh, health man. insurance, a funerary plot, mm. you know, funeral homes, just sending me messages. And as you can imagine, <sighs> yeah, it, it was, it was a really ah. rough time. They, they, they were, you know, it was an AI delivering them. And that that's a huge part of the buy more AI mm. is it does. Mm. It has total situational, unawareness in terms of mm-hmm. in terms of humanity it ignores humanity yeah. in order to deliver a product and that's what was happening yeah. in my life like uh i said i, I made notes because i want to make sure i had everything <laughs> yeah it's it's five it's, years it's, past. it's fine like we're just talking yeah 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 um oh yeah yeah there, there was also foreign hospitals a number of foreign hospitals mm-hmm. that were specialized in Moya Moya, which is what he had that caused the coma mm-hmm. or that caused the stroke mm-hmm. in the coma, like sending that stuff. And mm-hmm. none of that, it, it's not the right time. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. It's not, not the right time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of, it took up root inside of me and it, it stayed there. Mm-hmm. I, I somewhat have a, I guess maybe it is PTSD from the moment because it still crops up here and there. Like anytime anything happens with them, I'm just, oh, and you know, it just pops up. I mean, I mean, uh, like it, it, PTSD isn't just, for, isn't just for war zones, right? Yeah. Um, you can, you can have many different reactions to, um, to traumatic stress or to trauma and yeah, maybe it is. I, I mean, I would certainly call it PTSD if, if it is a trauma and then had stress and then something changed in you. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. Hmm. And so that, that all came up and 
it's it was one of those things that it actually gave me a chance to work through and observe it and even report on what mm. was wrong with the system. Like, you know mm. what I mean? And so yeah. by more, it's a satire of the system we live in. And it's ironic because mm. there are people who got angry about it on Royal Road when it was up there, who said it was anti-capitalism, mm. communism, maybe even, right? And no, it's not that at all. Oh, it's... <laughs> You, you, hit the, you, hit the, you hit the road road checklist there. Yeah, yeah. Like the only thing you needed to do to have even less followers is do a female MC. So it, it's rather weird because yeah, it's definitely not against the market system or any of that because the market system is what saves mm -hmm. my son as well. I mean, he had mm -hmm. yeah, the, the stroke destroyed something like 25% of his brain. And of course, being Oof, so young, okay. he was able to come back with a lot of that. But the biggest problem was mm. they had to relay a lot of uh, arteries, take it out of his leg and mm -hmm. lay it across his brain and through different aspects. Um, Which is crazy. Yes. Okay. And the technology to do that came from the mm. system that we had. Mm. So, you know, yeah. like the, the people who were responding in that way didn't understand the mm. message at all. <laughs> it's not about yeah. the products. Yeah. It's in the book itself, in the Weimart series. There are a wonderful array of amazing products mm. that are used throughout the mm. book. Um, but a lot of the progression is loot-based. Yeah, I mean, mm. but whether it's yeah. cluster colonies of, uh, of nanites that are used to bolster mm. your strength and endurance, uh, whether it's a starfish implant that allows you to regenerate your body based on kinetic energy that you have stored in the battery, kinetic energy that you get from breaking stuff, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there yeah, we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I've, I think I've, I might've done you dirty on the translation then because I didn't know how important the window smash. Oh, was, no. So I, I changed yeah, that. It, it's all right. It's, it's funny to read anyways. They'll be surprised then. <laughs> Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, who doesn't know um, Damien and I, we got to talking because he posted his, uh, I should say, AI-translated blurb yes. um, for, his, for the German translation of Bymort. And, uh, and I just said, right, let me just try to get my best um, Brian Norton impression. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And um, actually, it was pretty good. Wow. Uh, and I looked at it and I was like, it's, give me that. I can fix that. And then uh, I looked at the book and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, and I've seen it mentioned on Facebook a few times and that's how we got to talking. And that's the end of that prelude. <laughs> so yeah, so I did, I've done it dirty. Um, I, I changed it into, um, well, leftist revolutionary slogan, which also kind of works, I guess. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, I'm going to get denounced as a communist. It happens. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, Actually, you know, you might, you really might. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm not taking any political sides on this podcast, but in the blurb, I, I just work with what I had. So I, I better run this thing through a translator. It's all like hail Stalin. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, it sounded okay, like cool. it's pretty funny. Can, so it's, it's all good. Yeah. It is, it is it, it, like leftists are hilarious yeah. at times, but um, also scary at other times. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> end, of yes. the, end of the excursion. End of the excursion. Okay, so cool. So besides me doing you dirty on visualization, uh, I think, yeah. I mean, it's out in German now. Do you have any other languages that are coming out? Uh, yeah, actually, language-wise, I am working with somebody in Japan right now who's going to be translating into Japanese. Hmm. Um, 
Because he looked mm-hmm. at it and he said, this is something Japanese people, he thinks, will go wild for. And he's been living there mm-hmm. for a long time, fluent in the language, um, uh, doesn't mm-hmm. teach there, which is always a good sign that someone is staying there forever. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, he... Yeah, oh, the, the jet program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, sorry. But, I mean, apparently in Japan, like they, they really like very unique takes on things, which I, I guess I shouldn't have used a parent with that because mm-hmm. anyone who watches Netflix anime knows how very creative uh, the country is. So he, he thinks it yeah. falls into that vein. He's pretty sure that a lot of Japanese people are really going to enjoy how different it is. And I hope that's right. Um, oh. and, give, me, hmm. give me the context of, the, of this person. I need to understand the random book. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. And then uh, in Korea here, I, I was working on a translation myself. And then I showed it to my wife. She's a mm-hmm. Korean woman. And she said, I got all the translation right with none of the nuance correct. So we'll see how that goes. Much like your AI. Yeah, there much you like the AI, right? So I'm not sure about that one. But we'll see in the future. <laughs> and she was like, oh, man. she's no, like, it I... comes across. Anybody reading this will understand it. But it just sounds weird. Yeah, the, the big thing, uh, going, going back to the ads, like I, I never clicked mm-hmm. on any of those ads, obviously, right? They have their emotional okay. impact. Yeah. And when I think back about it, some of them probably were helpful. I can see why, why they were there. But um, mm-hmm. I'm also mm-hmm. reminded of the movie, I, Robot, with Will Smith, right? Because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I know it's, I have to mention mm-hmm. the movie because the book's quite different. But one thing he says in the movie is, uh, like, there's a scene. He's recounting how he had an accident and with another car, yeah. I believe it was. And they, they, were, they had both fallen into uh. the deep water. And they were all sinking. Mm. They're all going to drown. And a robot jumped in and had a choice between mm. saving him mm. and a young child. Mm. And the robot did the calculation. And it's like, okay, he's an adult male. He's going to survive or have a better chance of surviving than the child. I'm going to get the adult male. Mm. And it, for him, it caused mm. this PTSD scene and made him hate robots mm. because he said a human would have known better. A human would have gone for the child. Mm. And that, that's really mm. what that whole ad thing was like. I mean, it was like, maybe it was useful. Maybe it was helpful. I mean, we, we have good medical care here in Korea, but if I'd been living in the U.S., certainly those Moya Moya mm. hospital ads, probably, you know, they, they mm. very much could have helped me out because instead of costing, mm. uh, I, I had looked it up. I looked it up later after everything was done. In the U.S., would have cost me $360,000 to uh, take care of my son. Those hospitals were offering the same treatment for uh, 20,000 per, so it would have been like 60,000. And then in Korea, mm. they ended up doing it, they, they paid for 90% of it. So, yeah. you know, like I, I could see where yeah. their usefulness is, but they would have known somehow, they would have known how to time it, I guess, better. So that that's, mm. yeah, that's the system there. Um. But uh, Phelps had his own problems. Now, um, mm-hmm. he, I, I mentioned this before, uh, like he, he doesn't want to show his face anywhere, but he's, he is real. He's, he's that, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> sure, Damien. No, he, he's real. But uh, he had his own problems mm-hmm. with the system as well. Uh, things that have mm-hmm. really affected him greatly. 
And so he poured his own own thing into mm-hmm. that as well. And I it's rather interesting because since I know him, like he doesn't know a lot of people. He he's not a very social person. He doesn't put himself out a lot. But I'm rather close to him. I'm one of the few people I think who, you know, is in that position. And when you know him, you can recognize him in the main character. Like we we put a lot of his history into where his, I guess his history, his feelings, his personality into the main character of the series. Mm -hmm. So it's a mixture Mm of my experiences with the the system and his experiences as well. And it all comes into this Mm -hmm thing here and it sounds like quite the downer right but we wanted it to have a we we wanted to uh i don't know how how to explain that i guess um like we wanted it to have a happy ending you know we we didn't want this whole thing to just be you know oh yeah yeah he gets screwed over again and again and again (laughs) again (laughs) yeah yeah um as we can foresee in Dungeon Call of Carl. Gentlemen! Yes. Um, because. Oh, I am yeah. looking um, forward to seeing him get the. <laughs> I'm, I'm still hoping I can get him on the show. Just to yell yeah. at him. Um, yeah, because, because uh, I think it was Carolex who met him and talked to him and was like, but the series is going to go, going to end well, right? And he just goes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I, I don't know how many people know this, but before DCC, he was known for uh, for kind of dark writing. Kaiju. Yeah, kaiju. <laughs> kind I of dark, yeah. I mean, I know Spanish. <laughs> I, I know Spanish. Like, I, I knew this book was dark by the first four, five, cha- five chapters. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, the garbage lady, the order. Oh, yeah, I know. That, that is rough one. It's, it, it's traumatized yeah. me. <laughs> But you were like, we're, we're talking about this, I think, because many people do actually compare um, Bymord and Dungeon Call Carl, which works both ways, right? So people who enjoy Dungeon Call Carl might also enjoy your yes, story. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It comes up so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are people who throw back against mm-hmm. it, like, no, it isn't. And other people are like, yes, it is. So <laughs> it's enough of a thing that they're very similar. I think my favorite, mm-hmm. actually, uh, my, my favorite comment in regard to that was... Mm-hmm a thread on reddit and i don't remember how long ago it was but there there was a thread where people were talking about mm-hmm. how maybe there needs to be a new subgenre in uh lit rpg game lit and in that subgenre there would be two books one would be dungeon crawler carl and one would be five words <laughs> so it's like dark like really 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 pitch dark but yes. funny <laughs> So you were you were talking about about what Phelps uh, how how he how he kind of like uh, fits in there. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of feel like once you get to know the main character Tyson, uh, Tyson Dawes, <laughs> you get a pretty good insight into actually who Phelps is. So maybe he doesn't have to show up on these shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't want to show up anywhere. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so maybe he doesn't have. To. You yeah. could just buy the book and <laughs> meet him that way. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. How did I was gonna say? And yeah, we we made no, him no, to the hero, um, and he's in a strange situation at the start of everything because we also brought in mm-hmm. one of his former bosses from his real life, but changed the name, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's his boss at the start Obviously. of this apocalypse. And 
Hey, it's interesting their dynamics because uh, we we decided mm-hmm. that we we wanted him to be an unlikable character, the boss, but also we wanted him to have all of these good qualities. And so there was a very big conflict mm-hmm. and people were supposed to both hate him and like him. And I think that one worked yeah. well and uh, no spoilers, but it really, a lot of people say that the end of uh, the second book is extremely powerful mm. and it wouldn't be at all if it wasn't for that dynamic, like that that was such a wonderful mm. interwoven character. Um, yeah. And I miss him. <laughs> I'll say that to you. Boss. Yeah. <laughs> How did you co-write this, by the way? Because I don't know that many people. Who, I don't know that many people who co-write. Oh, well, the co-writing is. Um, I would say it's more fun than writing by yourself, in my opinion. Uh, the way that we did mm-hmm. it, like before we even wrote a single word, we spent three months working together on uh, world building. We, we spent all that time every day. I would say every morning here is probably every night there three or four hours on a messenger, just talking it out, just in building up a document Mm -hmm. and getting all these ideas put together, like what this is going to be. I mean, we started with, of course, you know, guy who goes around punching windows. Why is he doing that? And Mm -hmm. then, uh, Mm-hmm. After we started getting serious with that, we started developing the kind of world that this would be and came up mm-hmm. with the multiversal concept where this, uh, this Amazon type organization isn't just mm-hmm. dominance in one planet, but it's dominant in multiple universes and it just keeps going. I uh, came up with the mm-hmm. concept of Van Neumann probes. Being the things that are spreading it, mm-hmm. they're just tearing through yeah. and ripping mm-hmm. apart various rocks and making more of themselves and spreading around. And yeah, every time they find somebody that uh, has a brain that's ca- capable of using the app, it gets installed. Boom. And ultimately, because of all of this awesome loot that is available in the marketplace, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- from all of the various multiverses. Uh, it takes over the systems that exist collapse mm-hmm. rather quickly. And there are services within mm-hmm. Bymore itself that make that happen too. And we, we had so much fun talking about that because we, uh, <laughs> everything in the system has a real life counterpart to it. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah. Oh, but oh no. And you know, we, we dipped back into history for some of that, uh, as far back as I would mm-hmm. say, like. I think the the oldest concept that we brought back was probably uh, from medieval Europe, I guess I would say, um, mm-hmm. where it was the 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 exact part was it was one of the concepts I brought in for uh, for book one, where a historian noted that uh, when a soldier died in combat. It was just regular, like it was nothing. It was just, you know, this is regular life. But when a noble died in combat, it was a tragedy. (laughs) Yeah, it was, you know, you know why that was? Uh, 
maybe I've got what life back then was way more transient yeah. right so they all just thought that life was just a, a step right yeah cool like you got to earn your credits to get into heaven and that's where life starts because people died so often that thinking about this is the only life that you had was like no 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 right but when a noble died um something divine died especially when the king right. died right because he was literally like anointed by god and so his divine spirit died um i'm not sure if many people like walked around and talked about it like this but i think it always plays a part subconsciously and nobles well if a noble dies you don't know if the next noble is going to be an even bigger right asshole. so well the, the way it translated in this one was uh people with immense wealth mm are able to purchase damage insurance. And uh, <laughs> uh, when, when you harm one of the Bymore nobles, you know, one, one of these uh, mm -hmm. one of these very rich uh, plutocrats, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. um, and they have this sort of insurance, you actually get fined mm -hmm. by the company and you, you have to pay uh, damages, usually a multiplier of, uh, of the, the medical costs incurred. So <laughs> oh, no. if you punch one of these guys oh, no. and, uh, and it's going to cost them, you know, a thousand bucks in the hospital to uh, recover, it's going to cost mm -hmm. you a million. Mm -hmm. Well, I said bucks, but Morty's, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So that, that's how that came uh, in. But yeah, um, we, so we kept working through all this stuff and we, we even did research on mm -hmm. it. Like we, we went into real estate research and we're like, okay, how are we going to take the mm -hmm. real estate market cool. and put it into the buy word system? And uh, I think by the time we were done with this, you know, three months of that, we, we mm. knew each other so well that we're, we were able to finish each other's sentences. And that, that helped a lot. Oh, yeah. that's cool. So mm. when it actually came down to the writing, we, we started writing together. And uh, we did it all in Google Docs because it's so easy to share. Mm -hmm. And we just did it at different times. Mm -hmm. And um, we would go over each other's mm -hmm. work. I'd write stuff in, he'd go mm -hmm. over my stuff and I, he'd write stuff and I'd go over his stuff and we, we unified it together. Um, mm -hmm. and we also found that we had different specialties. Usually the action scenes mm -hmm. are mostly mm -hmm. hits. Like if people are, mm -hmm. if, especially if it's a very long action scene, because he loves long action scenes. So yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he's very good at that. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty good at action, but he's very good at it. Right. And if you're looking at like the comedy satire, um, especially the ad crunch and the loot, that's my specialty. Mm -hmm. I'm very much like a pretty early on. He was like, you've got this. And a lot of that is because I kept on doing the research too. Every time we, we came up with something mm -hmm. and we're like, okay, we we're going to have this sort of loot here that has this sort of function, this sort of power to it. I would try to find a real world equivalent see who they were advertising it to, mm -hmm. how they advertised it, and then I would crunchify it. I would <laughs> lots of fun. It takes a lot of time to do, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Ben. Yeah. I mean that's what yeah. counts, right? Because as the book gets stale, then you're no longer gonna find fun writing it and yeah, yeah. absolutely cool. Dope. Um that actually brings me to the next question. Uh I mean we are probably about 40 minutes into the main podcast at this point uh and we haven't even started with the second question yet which is what's the best advice you've gotten as a all writer? right i have notes on this 
Uh, yeah, because apart, like, unlike many of the other authors, which are perfectly fine, by the way, you have come prepared, which has called me very unprepared. So <laughs> you're good. Well, I have to always uh, be careful about my eyes, though, because they're going to be darting back and forth, back and forth, and it's going to look crazy. It's 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 okay. I think many people. Um, I don't. I think only like fifty percent of the people watch it on YouTube. They all just put it on, then have it around. Oh, the and then just listen to um, it. Okay. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, like maybe they can let me know yeah. in the comments. <laughs> nice. I I like I'm I'm very bad at this whole like YouTube chilling out. But this is like a question I would actually love to know. Like, do you listen to this or do you just um like do you actually watch my face because I can't imagine someone oh. doing that. I feel, ba- themselves. I anyway. feel bad for the ones who are watching this. I mean, look at this face. <laughs> the, the best advice I ever got as a writer is uh, take mm-hmm. criticism as it is meant. Listen to people oh, okay. mm-hmm. when they criticize you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, see how much merit there is to it. Uh, also, I guess mm-hmm. one of the greatest things, actually, is uh, don't just write for yourself. Write for the audience as well. Uh, that, that was my mistake earlier, uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you, you know, I yeah, hate yeah, that. Every, I resent that statement. Uh, every every writer hates that to you know to a certain extent. But what you kind of mm. realize after after you uh, write enough novel. Well, well, well. It's a new ad. If you're interested in having your story shouted out on this podcast, please reach out to me under CritRPG dot podcast at gmail.com for now i just finished the first book in my own series torchbearer if you like a slow burn story about weak to op main characters mixing magic and technology and numbers going up you might also enjoy this one you can find the link to my link tree down below and that's all for now thank you very much for listening and or watching and let's get on with the show that don't catch the public eye mm. is that it's kind of, you know, you, you need them. You, you need to partner up with your audience. They have a say in it, too. They have a oh, big yeah. say in it, actually. I shouldn't say, like, oh, yeah, they also have a say. No, they have a huge say in it. And so you need to listen to them yeah. and you need to write to them and make the stories they want to read. Uh, there are, I, in the, the writing community, I've run into a lot of great authors. There are a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. And a number of them don't ever succeed because they don't follow that last bit they they want to write the story they want mm-hmm. to write and it's unfortunate which i will always have to which i always have to say at this point is fine if you're not doing this as, as, absolutely, as a absolutely yes if you just want to write for fun fucking write absolutely for fun, right? yep so no i uh, totally agree with that mm-hmm. if you're just writing for yourself yeah just do that or you're writing for fun just do that mm-hmm. um and if you're writing to get red i guess that that's when the partnership yeah. comes in that that's when you definitely need to yeah. have a consensus and uh royal road really helped with that because there were issues that popped up mm-hmm. that a lot of people didn't like and it was like okay we gotta mm-hmm. listen to you we're gonna rewrite this and we're we're gonna mm-hmm. see if mm-hmm. you are okay with this rewrite you know fingers crossed because if you're not that's gonna be a lot of weeks to time but in general it works um it's iteration, yeah. I mean, totally. Like, and then after after a while, you also kind of you come to see and agree with criticism, oh, yes, right? Yep. Because uh, I loved my I loved writing Torchbearer just 
pantsing it and being like, oh, well, Sam's angry again now. But then after reading the comments and then reading uh, the feedback and then going over it again, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe it's a bit much on the emotional uh, yeah, you you get to so, see yeah. it from different perspectives, and they they give you yeah they give yeah. you different angles, and you're able to actually jump into that angle, look at it from there, and absolutely you can see like oh god mm. yeah they're right they're right okay <laughs> yeah I don't want to admit yeah. it but they're right uh, if you put it like that I can see where yeah, you're yeah. coming from <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah okay cool so. That's the, that's your advice. You literally take criticism the right way. And that's easier said than done. You know this. I know this. Everyone yep. knows this. Um, one one thing that always helped me, I think Seth Ring actually poked me out, uh, told me this one. Um, he does writing sprints, by the way, which you should check out in his YouTube channel. Uh, every, uh, every day, I think, at 9 or 10 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, anyway, so he mentioned that it's very good if you see criticism that you don't get or maybe the guy is angry or writes something really rude or you read it as rude or whatever. It's always good to kind of ask like, hey, what's one thing that I could do to improve this then for you? What would make this more palatable mm -hmm. to you? And then you can see whether you agree with that, right? If they're like, well, you could make them MC male. I'm like, yeah, I could, but I don't. So thank you and goodbye. <laughs> um, but if they're saying like, well, I just don't know. Like all this anger gets a bit much after a while. And it's kind of confusing. I'm like, okay, I need to make it more realistic. And I need to make sure that people actually understand why this is going on. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Good yeah. Feedback. And um, I guess I, I'll add something on that too. Because I did do that before as well. I, I did... Uh... I did talk to not, not many times because I was good given the advice, like just mm -hmm. don't a lot of times just don't. Right. But there were a couple of times that I did. <laughs> don't yeah. respond. There are a couple of times yeah. I did. And uh, I think the reason they say don't is because a lot of writers respond emotionally and that's what they're trying to avoid. Mm -hmm. And then the times I did, I, it was mm -hmm. just questions like that. And I did get good feedback from that. Um, but one mm -hmm. thing I want to add to all of that is, uh, my, my own bit of advice, like I said, I, I was never told, but I'm going to say now for everybody who's listening, if people are responding angrily, it means they cared. Mm. And that's yes. very good. Yes. Yes. That's a good point. That means you mm. had them. Mm. Maybe you lost them now, but you had them yeah. and you're doing, you're doing right. At least some of them are right. You know? I had a, I had a cliffhanger. I mean, I end every single scene on a cliffhanger because this is how I write. Um, I cliffhang myself so that I want to go back and continue mm, writing. It does make sense, sense, I think. It's easy. It's fun. It's also a Hemingway trick, I think. Um, but um, the, the, the particularly hard cliff. And everyone was, everyone was like, no, <laughs> just cliffhanger, no. And I just responded with, a, with, a, um, with the uh, Kana emoji, where it's like, <laughs> um, because... That's exactly what I want, right? I want people to feel emotions. If everyone feels meh about my book, it's yeah. not a good book. Yeah, I mean, you, you see a railroad. The, I want to say the vast majority of, uh, of stories up there, they don't have comments. And that's a bad sign. Mm -hmm. If you have angry comments, that's yes. a good sign. Like people don't think about it that way yes. in the moment, especially. But it is a good sign. And you know what's the best sign? If you go on Reddit and someone writes a 
like this long, <laughs> this long paragraph of like, I hate he who fights monsters. It's the terrible, most terrible thing. And like, I'm not singling out any single one person here. I'm very sorry. I'm being facetious here, but, um, there are so many threads about I hate who fights with monsters or I hate uh, Call, yep. like some of them are actually there. There's none that say I hate Cradle because you get banned for that, I think. <laughs> so um, uh, all hail to Lord and Savior will write. Um, I, no, I like no, that's so, fine. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> Please don't cancel me. Um, but um, right, it just means like, what's what short I'm going to, going to do? Like read your comment and then cry in a gigantic pile of money. Like what's he <laughs> going to do? Take down the book and rewrite like, it properly. I mean, yeah, and like some of these people uh, actually like I read one where it was like very, very in-depth criticism about like this is bad, that is bad, this isn't good, and stop reading here, and you should re- stop reading here too. And what this guy meant was I didn't enjoy past this point and if you enjoyed these certain parts of it, just be aware that in the next few books, these parts aren't going to be there for a while. So I stopped. And if you don't, if you want to stop, you can also stop too. But the way he wrote it, it sounded very, very hurt, very yep. aggressive. And it ended on, um, and that being said, I wish Shirtlun all the best and just keep on writing. You're doing great. I'm like, what? I got whiplash so hard. But um, yeah, it was a... a not a terrible sentiment, but I think maybe it didn't quite hit the way he wanted it to hit. And that's going back to the criticism. Most of the time, remember, railroad railroad is not age restricted. Many people who comment on your stuff are 12, 13, 14, 16 year olds, and they just write whatever comes to their mind. Well, and I, okay. I think, uh, right? Or I some, think uh, yeah. some people also forget about how emotional books can make you imagine like you, you yeah. hit a moment um okay i guess like a good one here uh game of thrones anyone who's read game of thrones yeah. book one if you you know spoiler alert right <laughs> if you like the stark family yeah. you're gonna be dropping that book pretty quickly and going to reddit and writing a and, very angry yeah. thing about it because you know Especially if you do it yeah. right after the moment, because I, yeah, yeah, you you get so drawn into these worlds. So if you just if you drop the book and your immediate reaction mm. is to go to Royal Road or go to Reddit, whatever you type mm. is gonna be pretty emotional. It's gonna come out hostile, probably. Yeah, and. One thing that I found very surprising is, is yes, right? So this is all intentional emotions. And some things elicit emotions in readers that you didn't want. So, um, or maybe they didn't enjoy. I mean, uh, many of my reviews said, like, this is very confusing. And I said, yes, it is, because it's a mystery. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be confusing, right? So still, I looked at it and I was like, is this maybe too confusing? Am I am I too obstinate with my with my ideas here? Because I want to pull pull people in. So it toned them down a little bit. But but still, um, sometimes a book just isn't for yep. you, and that's okay. So except my um, book, it's for everybody. I don't know who said that. <laughs> exactly, and everyone should, it should. Read it and buy I, it. I am buy surprised it it. I do not have buy millions first, yeah. of reviews right now, but it's coming. Yeah, 
It's, it's an Amazon probably, glitch, yeah, probably. So. so one advice I always give people who want to write critique or who want to criticize something is don't criticize it for what it could have been. Criticize it for what it wanted to be and whether or not it achieved those I agree, goals. Yeah. Right? Because I'm not going to say, like, look at... Uh, Iron Man and go like, well, Citizen Kane did it better. Like, no, this is not this is not the same thing. Citizen Kane wasn't meant to be popcorn movies that just made you feel powerful and strong. Same as Lit RPG isn't meant to make you question the multiverse or universe. Sorry, in your case, <laughs> well, I guess it does. But um it it's it's not meant to meant to be the sad and haunting tale of love long lost. Um, you can have that as a as a part of it. Yeah, right? I agree. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Like, like uh, when we were talking earlier, I talked about uh, you know making that sheet for for new authors, right? And you have the three genres, mm, mm, and that's what your goal is. Yeah. Like, can you uh, you know a lot yeah. of stories say they do the three genres? And oh my god, yeah. Damien. I'm very sorry. You 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 finish first. I I cannot forget this. This is a very cool. Oh, cool I was idea. just gonna say, like, just playing on what you said. Um, has the book achieved the the goals of these genres? Has it you know has it met the expectations of these readers? If it has, then it did its job. Yeah. Now back to you. <laughs> gamify that. You can gamify it. You know how. Um, like three genres and you have like a, a main genre and like subgenres. Yes. Yep. Right? You can have that like classes. You can multi-class. You can be a fighter that's also a bit of a rogue. Oh yeah, mage, yeah, for sure. Right. And then like you can you can gamify it. You can you can have really cool things and you fill out a character sheet for your book. It could be really fun, but also maybe a bit complicated. <laughs> but we'll we'll see. It's fun. Cool. All right. Um you mentioned a few times now that um while we were talking that you kind of went back um, and changed some stuff. So what's one thing that you learned while writing that you went back and changed or that you would go back and do differently? Well, now? in the Bymord series, we actually, we, we fed in more, um, more of his past history because people were confused about his mm -hmm. reticence towards violence in the beginning. And there, there was a reason for it. And we had that reason planned out, mapped out, you know, in our first three months, I mean, we had everything. We we have so much stuff that's yeah. not in the book, like there. I mean, we could make our own game system out of this thing, but you know, um, but uh, so we had to go back and we had to put that in so that people could realize, like, oh, wait a minute, he he has he has these issues. He has this backstory in play, and uh, that also also played with his boss because uh, we we had to we had to make it more apparent who the boss was because uh, at first everyone just hated mm -hmm. but i told you like the but so talked about before how he's supposed to be good and bad he's supposed to be human you know a very arrogant and pampered human but one that uh also has very redeeming qualities and also lead to some very difficult uh, character development with our MC, maybe, mm -hmm. and hopefully I'm explaining that in a way that, that comes out clear. I, you are, I'm just oh, taking okay. notes. Nice. Yeah. Um, 
so we, we had to change those things. Uh, and we, we did have to go back at one point and be like, like we had an outline that had been prepared for the first book that ended up being the first three books because of how long it took to get there. Uh, but we did have to go back at one point too, and just cut a third of that outline and be like, this is changing where we are. We are bending this story from here because of popular opinion. Like we, okay. we know where people want this to go. And it, we are in the outline. We're kind of going in the opposite direction of that. And we've, gotten to the point where we know that if we follow the original outline on this part here people are just going to drop mm -hmm. it in mass and then they're going to find out where we live and fires are going to start there's going to be an international incident because i'm here in korea so you know we we want to avoid world war three and <laughs> uh, windows are gonna get yeah, smashed yeah. yeah man yeah windows get smashed people would have like starfish uh Things implanted in their chest. It just be madness. <laughs> like, put on their face, <laughs> which is, I, I think, a very, very cool. I mean, have you, have you read uh, what's it called? Um, the starfish, uh, the, the crucifix. Yes, um, yes, yes. I, I don't remember offhand the name of it either. But the cruciforms with the priests. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the Canterbury Tales in space. What's the, what's the, what's the um, name again? It's, it's, yeah, Hyperion. Hyperion yep. They they have the killer monster yeah, uh, that still doesn't make quite a lot yeah. of sense to me because he's always torturing everybody. But yeah, it's still good. It's a great series. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, yeah. Without spoiling too much, he's like living time in reverse. It's that guy had dreams mm -hmm. and ambitions. But yeah, it's, it's it's a very interesting interesting book. Um, but my god, it is long. very long, but and confusing <laughs> too. Yeah. Also the the gates. Oh my god, he did so many good things with with, with those gates. But yeah, yeah, great. And then he did, uh, only half explains everything. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, but yeah, the they're gonna have starfish, and there's gonna be like World War Three in Korea. Please don't. <laughs> and too, so too yeah, that's the stuff we did. I mean, we we went back and we we changed based on um based on opinions, based on greater knowledge of what people wanted, and also what they saw. Because, you, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, with Tyson, we, we had to put in some backstory. We didn't, we already had the yeah. backstory in our head. So I guess we didn't realize it when we're writing out that yeah. it came out confusing because we weren't putting that in. And that's, that's the, that's the risk of plotting and world building mm -hmm. too much. Like I, I found that people who world build a lot have two main dangers. Um, and that is over or under explaining. Um, there's a book series that I, that I really like. I'm not going to name it because I don't want to badmouth anyone, but in the middle of it, like in the middle of the second book, this, this main character talks to someone and then for the next, I kid you not, 18 paragraphs, they recount in their head a story about how they met someone and then how that someone in a previous life did something else and then work together with someone else, and then so on, so on, so on. And it seemed to have no relevance to the story whatsoever for 18 paragraphs. And then they met this person, and this faction came in, and that, that, that faction, of course, built all these things, but they know we're not going to need it because of that stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. After 80 paragraphs, and it ends on, no, I disagree, we, should, we shouldn't do this. Like, just the, the <laughs> dialogue continues. And I was like, okay, I think I might read something else now. Um, because 
over under explaining. And yeah, we're in the same boat. We under explain because like everyone will get this. Yeah. And they don't. Yeah. But, and then that, that's one of the that. great, great things about having the serial site, I think, is uh, people, people point that out mm. to you. And so, mm. yeah. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that's what you do. You, you go back and you fix that once you realize, like, okay, not enough explanation, that needs to get out there. Hey, you know, or the opposite side. I mean, if someone, mm. if, if someone says, oh my God, like this didn't happen with us, but if, if, uh, mm. if someone did come by, not, it's not just one. Okay. I should back that up. If a mm. dozen people show up in the comments saying, this is a problem. Yeah. You go back and you fix it because it's a problem. Man. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. The old, the old workplace rule applies. If there's one asshole in your workplace, they're an asshole. If there's 20 assholes in your workplace, yes. you're the asshole. Yes. Perfect. Right? So if, if one person comes in and says, oh, no, this is weird. I don't like it. Where's all the chicks? Like, whatever. But if there's 20 people coming, like, I think this might benefit from a more female touch. They're like, okay, cool. I need a female right. side character, yeah. right? Like, this makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Dope. I mean, I love these short answers and I'm not going to try and inflate them even more uh, because we are reaching the point where we are pretty much at the end of the main podcast. Um, but next up, I want to ask you, what one book did you love and why is it awesome? People are going to be disappointed because they're, they're going to... Hey, I think they're going to want me to say some unknown title, but it's not going to happen because I mean, it's, it's, it's supposed to tell, to tell the other, the listeners more about you, who you are as a person, I th right. But also give them I recommendations. Think given uh, what buy more is, it shouldn't be a shock that my favorite lit RPG book of all time is dungeon crawler, Carl. He who fights with monsters. <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Dungeon hey, it's funny too because uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I started reading it after <laughs> we were already working on the Bymore, so it wasn't mm. inspired. But I I can see that mm. like by reading it, some of that feeling did get put into the story after, and definitely yeah. not intentionally. I'm just yeah. such a big fanboy of the, the whole thing. Like every time one of those books drops, I'm immediately on it. I just, boom, I have it. That, that, that's yep, that's yep. who I am with this. Yep. Um, it's but yeah, DCC. DCC yeah. It, I, I love how it's uh, like it. It comes off. It, it obviously has political undertones, but it doesn't flaunt them. Mm. It, it doesn't like it doesn't yep. say look it. <laughs> look at my discontent. No. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you you can read this as any ideology doesn't matter because it's a survival story, and it's also a mm -hmm. uh, it's also the Colosseum. You know, it's yeah. it's it's, yep, it's a competition. It's a lot of human stories. We we run into a lot of uh, a lot of backstory, a lot of types of characters, and. Um, and his vision of how they mm. are surviving in this, in this, uh, what, what is running man? There you go. In this running man type of situation, mm. um, Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. running man. Uh, yeah. Stephen King. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just amazing. And, um, it, it also, it showcases the marvels of 
this futuristic technology while somehow also forcing the characters to mostly be medieval monsters when we get down to it, which yeah. is amazing because he, get, he gets to be transition them yeah. into sci-fi back into D&D world, mm. back into sci-fi again. Um, I absolutely love it. Mm. And uh, even though it's dark and horrifying, it's also funny. It's also uh, touching. Mm. Uh, it's it's got everything. I I honestly, when I read the when I finished the first book, I had a moment of crisis where I was like, I mm. don't know if I should write anymore because he's done it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. okay, okay. I honestly, mm. like, <clears throat> I had so much imposter syndrome. I was just like, oh, all right, Matt did him, and he wrote the perfect yeah. book. Everything's done. No more authors. I uh, did it. <laughs> <laughs> authors are yep, no they, longer needed absolutely um he does an amazing job of mixing the kale in the mm, smoothie yes um right not just to make the horror go down better because it, it is fundamentally an existential horror yeah it is it is gruesome it is tragic it is traumatic and it broke my heart at least once per book at least once per book Every single book has at least one part where you're like, where where this is anguish, and you know someone's going to die, and there's nothing you can do about it, and the world will not care afterwards. Yeah, because it's Oof. just a TV show. It's Running Man. Yeah, but also there's funny cats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. And and there's Uzi Jesus. I'm like Matt. What the fuck, <laughs> Uzi Jesus? Uh, why? Um, I, I still can't wrap my mind around that one and I haven't even read uh, Battle and Bride yet. <laughs> I just saw the cover. I was like, what? what? How? Um, but he also has this all-encompassing grand critique about the entertainment uh, entertainment um, industry. Uh, industry. Yeah. Including if you're looking at Carl as a content creator, as someone who is trapped in that and you can no longer escape, that's a, that's a gigantic societal statement right there. Absolutely. Right? Yep. And, and you cannot tell me this is not designed to be this way. Like, you can't. This guy is writing three stories at once and he's doing it perfectly well, which is why it hits so hard. Um, and I personally think that... He is writing the story he wants to tell, but he's just really masterful at making it look like a story that everyone else wants to read. Like, that's skill. It's very much, yeah. Period. Like I said, existential crisis. But you know what got me out mm. of it was uh, I had this, this idea, this dream, that maybe mm. I could do well mm. enough to afford yeah. to fly over to a convention that he's going to be at. And then I could set up a table next to him and just bother him the entire time. <laughs> and break his car window. There we go. Uh, and you're like, Matt, Matt, the end of book five. Yeah. Your car window is gone now. <laughs> I won't even talk about books. I'm just going to constantly be like, Hey, Matt, Matt, Matt. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Just, and then he's like, looks at his what? He's like, danger zone. <laughs> glorp, glorp. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's a dream of mine. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> 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 and, 
And then my life will make be complete. Happen. Yeah, we do. I, I need to set up a Kickstarter or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, you can add like a Patreon tier for like the runs for like 5,500 euros or uh, uh, dollars. I will name it Glorp Glorp and then Matt Dinaman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then sent me sent me to uh, to DragonCon so I could bother Metaman for three days. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, we all have to have uh, dreams, right? Dreams and goals—that's yeah. what it's about. I, yeah, yeah. Maybe you settle for writing more books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 books are how I get there. So <laughs> yeah. I, I do hope to go to DragonCon at some point, though. This year, well, I won't make it because my job situation is just not clear enough. I don't yeah. know if I will have, be able to like get vacation because I don't even have my new employer yet. So, and mm. um, if I don't, I don't have money. So we'll see. Yeah, that that's kind of a situation for a lot of people. I think this year it's it's been a it's been a rough time for sure. But yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we we both can find find the the, the dough for the tickets. And go. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the, the table on his left. You take the table on his right. And then we can we can like, we can like duo. You go glorp. I go glorp. 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 Like, like, like in It'll be stereo. like surround sound. And the yeah. greatest thing, you know, it will be a hell that he himself created. <laughs> Which is again a very dungeon call a call kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Right? It'll be like he's living in his own story. It'll be wonderful. It's not harassment, officer. It's performance art. <laughs> We're cosplaying. Uh, yeah, we're we're cosplaying. We're cosplaying as as Matthew and fans. Yep. No, I don't think we should do that. Uh, we don't think we should do that. Okay. Um, shout outs. Uh, shout outs. Um, I wanted to make sure that I hit small time authors on this one because there there are lots of big time people, and that's you know they're they're, they're great. Mm. Everyone knows who they are. So the the biggest ones I have in mind, um, Atara Station. Dungeon Cola Carl. <laughs> Small <laughs> guys, yeah. Uh, Tara Station is... Um, mm-hmm. oh, what's the author's name there? Well, anyways, the, the name of the book is Tara Station. And um, this is a uh, this ah. is one published by Amazon. It is a sci-fi, dark okay. horror sci-fi lit RPG. And, Staying on brand. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I suppose it is. And when I read it, my immediately my my immediate thought was doom, and then oh, okay. system shock, and then system shock too. Like all of the dark, uh, sci-fi RPG, somewhat RPG, anyways, uh, games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, came to mind, mm-hmm. including with the world building, with the audio tapes laying around, um, mm-hmm. with all mm-hmm. the the transition through the station where you're going into the medical bay, and then there's the engineering. Uh, it is just amazing, mm-hmm. and I was lost in it. And it, it's a bit of a slow start, so I think that's one of the reasons it, it didn't do so well on there. But if you get through that start, just you're mm-hmm. blown away. It is. It, it's so good that uh, I actually I asked him about a second one. He said he's not going to be able to do it because the first one didn't do so well. But I keep asking him because at some point maybe it'll happen. Then you know what I mean. Yeah, you can see just 19 ratings, and it deserves so much more than that. And, you know, a really cool thing about yeah. that, too, is my son recently, he said he wanted to go up because he's going to middle school. He said he wants to mm-hmm. read a book for adults. 
And, you know, because he's been reading like YA stuff usually. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. and he asked me about that, about a lit RPG book. And I asked him, well, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have to be more specific. Like, do you want like fantasy, medieval, like what sort of thing? He said, sci-fi. And without even thinking about it, this is mm -hmm. the book I blurted out. I said, Atara Station. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. he, he literally asked me, can I get it signed? Like, can I get the book signed? Uh, and so I contacted the cool. author and I, I asked him about it. I, I said, you know, how much for an autographed copy? And he said, you know what? I'm just going to autograph a copy and send it to you. Oh, yeah, cool. super nice guy. Cool. Super, super good book. Super mm -hmm. nice guy. I hope that people listening check it out because it is great in every way. Great mm -hmm. producer, great story. It reminds me a bit of... Mm -hmm. um, Tower of Somnus, um, as in like sci-fi cyberpunk. Yeah, have you read that? I haven't, but mm -hmm. okay. um, it's 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 also also quite fun. Sorry, but you were saying your second one. Oh, this uh, older one, uh, but it's one of them that really got me into lit RPG. Like I'd read some before, but this one was the first one that really mm -hmm. blew my mind. And um, mm -hmm. it's Prime Verse, mm -hmm. which is Rob Bilal, I think. Yeah, I'll do the search there too. Oh, okay. oh yeah, you found it. Okay. Found yeah, it, yeah, Prime Verse is amazing. Like it's just I I'm a I'm one of those people who uh I have vivid dreams when I'm writing. I have very vivid I can vividly see what's going on. Mm -hmm. I like everything's a TV show to me, right? In my brain. But when I'm reading other people's work, it isn't always like that. But with his, it was L C D clear screen crystal. You know, whatever words I need to put in there. I just, <laughs> I saw and felt everything. And I can't even tell nice. you why exactly, but I was entirely immersed. Uh, the, the whole series went very well for me. Uh, how many books is that? Is that three or four in that series? Can you see there? Three right now. Three. Well, that, that's where it's going to end then because I couldn't remember if he said he was going to write three or four. But he actually, the, this was another thing that impressed me. He said, it doesn't matter how well it does. I wrote out the story and I'm going to write it all mm. to the finish of that story. And that's where I'm going to stop. Mm. And so, um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like he did book one, two, three, mm. exactly on what he had prepared. And um, I think he was doing pretty well with that. And he could have extended it more if he wanted to, but he was afraid of it going sour. He wanted it to stay good yeah. all throughout, and he very much succeeded in doing that. Yeah. I mean, no one wants to jump the shark, jump the shark yes. right? Um, yeah. And not everything needs to be Primal Hunter or uh, Vampires of the Fall. Like, some books end, and that's okay. Um, period. Yeah. Cool. I think I have one more book. All right. <laughs> okay, one I more book. Like, I'm, I'm going to have to, like, Google all these and, like, put them all in the comments. So, there you go. Yeah, just the last one, last one. Okay. Orkonomics. Okay. Oh, I've heard about yes, that. Yes, that is good. I've heard about that one. It's not, mm. I, I think technically it's not a lit RPG, but it really should be counted as one. Because imagine a D&D &D world where levels are decided by bureaucracy, not just deeds and experience, mm -hmm. but by bureaucracy and filing the, the, the proper paperwork. Imagine a world in which adventures are sponsored by companies but uh, the companies who sponsor them purchase uh, shares in your quest and then get that percentage no. of stuff back, right? 
Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said you said small. This guy has two thousand eight hundred fifty-eight. Oh, it was small when I read it. Ratings. I guess because his rating uh, when I picked up the book is like three hundred something. But that was a long time ago, so I guess I haven't been keeping up. Yep. So I mean, not small. Just a saying, like it has two hundred and eighty two thousand eight hundred fifty-eight ratings. Uh, you can't. You don't. You can't go wrong with that. Four point six stars too. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. You should probably look. Yeah, I'm up. looking right now. Cool. Wow, that is his first book. Okay, on Goodreads, it has over seven thousand uh, ratings. Where do we know Zachary Pike from? I he was I I ran into him once in the groups. I don't think he's very much in them. Like I don't think he's he's very active there. But I think I ran into him in Lit RPG oh, forum. Yeah, um... Maybe. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. somebody called him out like uh, well, mm-hmm. when I read the first book was some years ago and uh, I was looking mm-hmm. for a D&D type book because people had shied away from them. They had been going more like mm-hmm. World of Warcraft sort of stuff, it seemed like. And I wanted a D&D type and someone was like, hey, Zachary Pike, get in here. And he showed up as a, hey, <laughs> talked with him a little bit, checked out his book, was amazed, got the second book, then waited uh what five years for the next book because it came out not long ago mm-hmm. but uh yeah great series amazing i just like modern world mo- modern bu- bureaucracy modern economics combined with D. and yeah, it, yeah it cool. spins out from there it's Dope. great <laughs> all right with that the podcast has come to an end Thank you, Damien, for being here. We will keep talking, of course, but I want to send you off for everyone who doesn't uh, subscribe to Patreon. Um, that being said, if you do want to subscribe to Patreon, you're free to do so. It's five bucks for, well, basically at least four hours of more podcasts each month. More five, six, really. Um, and you can think of it as the second half of the podcast if you want to. Um, but if that makes you angry, then don't. Don't think of it like this. (laughs) Think of it as like bonus material. So um, yeah, Damien, thank you so much for being here and for doing this on the, on the fly and real quick. This is super nice. Oh yeah. It was great. It's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I I really like these things. I, I love talking to people and finding out like meeting new writers and hearing how they take and stuff. It's awesome. Anyway, you person in front of the screen or at the cell phone or wherever you're, you're listening to this, please like, subscribe, leave a follow, leave a comment. It would mean the world to me because this was what keeps me going. Um, yeah. And consider subscribing to my Patreon because that also keeps me going and keeps the cost down and lets me actually pay my editor um, because I like him a lot and he deserves more money. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and also my marketing guy, JTB. Oh, by the way, JTB has big news he's got to announce soon and i'm going to i'm going to let him do that on the podcast i think so anyway damien thank you so much for being here um and i'll see you next time